Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of Cheers from the Press Box. I am your host, Brennan Tassif, and as always, I am joined by the beanie boy himself, Mr. Joe Dorville. What's going on, Joe? What's going on, Tassif? We got a big, big week. We also have our producer, Al Greg, here. What's happening, brothers? <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to say anything. Big week, huge week. Yeah, There's going to be week. two Game of the weeks, because we're going to go over championship weekend in the NFL. We're going to do our way too early Super Bowl predictions. We are going to get to the NBA, which is really getting in full swing. Really getting in gear. Getting in gear. Big gear. Actually, we're going to talk about... Never mind. I'm not going to burn it. We're going to talk about the NBA. Um, And then in the quick hits, we're going to review a couple of things that happened in the NFL world other than the playoffs. Also, the uh, Conor McGregor fight, if you want to call it that. And then uh, we'll talk about some other things. Then we'll go into our walk off, which will be the short essay portion that Joe and I have both written for this week. Long in my case. Yours is what? Long in my case. Long in your case. <laughs> Mine's actually longer than I wanted it to be for what I'm talking about. I'll try to condense it. I cut a lot of fat out of it. But did I'll you? try to stream. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm very curious now because you won't tell me what it's. You just told me the title. I was like, well, I can read the title. Um, but first, we're going to kick off this week the same way we do every week with the kickoff. Ready to return the opening kickoff. Perfect way to kick off. All right, Joe, big game. First game we're going to talk about, Tampa Bay, Green Bay. This was a huge game also because I'll talk about it more in my walk-off, but I did not go with my gut instinct. I went against that, and I picked Green Bay, and I I was wrong. Um, We were both wrong. Yeah. Uh, But of the two games, I will say that this was game of the week. Game of the week. Um. Yes, we were both wrong. We could not foresee, I guess, uh, the amount of pressure that Aaron Rodgers was going to have to deal with. Um, we understood Tampa Bay's front four, but um, we did. We gave, I probably gave, I won't put this on you. I probably gave Green Bay's offensive line more credit than need be because they're yeah, the best I offensive the line thing. going into the playoffs. Bakhtiari got hurt, but then they handled the Rams so well with the depleted, uh, not depleted, but diminished Aaron Donald. So I was like, no, they should be fine. And boy, they were not fine. Uh, Five sacks, eight quarterback hits. Yeah, Um, it was crazy. Um, JPP, he's all the way back now. He's all the way back. Four fingers. Yeah. From that injury. But I was, it was interesting to me. um, And again, I'm going to go more into this, but it, it was interesting how all year, like the with the Rams, uh, myself and the Rams all year, I was like, Tampa Bay, I trust that Tampa Bay defense. Like, I know they've got a serious pass rushers. I know that um, Devin White is an animal. The secondary is, you know, a little suspect, but I thought they could hold up. And going into this game, I completely went against all of that. And I've been saying Green Bay's overrated all year. And I went against everything and picked Green Bay. And boy, was I wrong. Well, I thought... Um like you said, their secondary was uh, shaky, and that was probably the only um, part of their defense that was not solidified. And they also were without both of their safeties at some point because one Injuries, going yeah. into the game, one was hurt, and then in the middle of the game, the other got hurt. So it's like, oh, Rogers is about to have a field day. And yards-wise, he kind of did have a field day. Um, yeah. But they weren't 
They weren't meaningful yards. They didn't end. They didn't result in touchdowns. Uh, Devontae Adams had probably to me one of the most costly drops with that pass on his hip in the first quarter, in the first half. Uh, and they had to settle for a field goal afterwards. And it was a 14 10 before then. What's the name just exploded for two more touchdowns? Yeah, it was. Um, the thing I'm going to take away from this game is the fact that Tom Brady threw three interceptions and they were still in the first half or excuse half. Me, in the second half. Yeah, he played great in the first half and then threw three interceptions in the second half and they were still able to pull out a win. And like you said, Aaron Rodgers numbers are fantastic on paper. 33 of 48, 346 yards, three touchdowns and just one pick. But it, it didn't matter because, yeah. like you said, between the drop, that whole that whole fourth and three and then going oh, for the field goal. Forward. Let's get to it. Yeah. I was gonna uh, say, there, what did you key think? What? points of the game I want to talk about. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you break it down. Okay, so ending of the first half, first of all, how, okay. Okay, so I got to talk about this one in two segments. So the end of the first half, Rogers throws a pass to Lazard. There's obviously holding. The, the DB is underneath his shoulder pads. No call. DB then gets an interception. I'm fine with it because they hadn't been calling anything all game. And then the last drive for the Bucks, yeah, they call that non. It, it was a ticky tack hold. It wasn't even a pass interference. And then the receiver oversold it, and they threw a late flag. How did what was your takeaway from that? So I was pretty upset about the situation because on like again on, when you're watching it and you see the jersey get pulled. Okay, if you want to get technical, yeah, that that's that is a yes, penalty. It was yes. a penalty. It, it was. But the like you said, you're not calling anything all game. So as a player in your head you think you try to see what you can get away with in the beginning of the game to know how the game is going to be um how uh, all the calls are going to be made as far as the referees. So if they're not calling shit all game, then you're like, okay, well they're just going to let us play. Like we can get away with some stuff. Like there was a team, I think it maybe it was the Seattle Seahawks a few years ago. There was a team that would purposely go out of their way to commit oh, yes. blatant pass interference yeah. to see what they would call and what they wouldn't call. So to go the entire game being really lax on pulling that flag out and then one of the the biggest play, arguably, of the game, you're going to pull it out on something that the ball was uncatchable. The ball I don't was think uncatchable. It in, I don't think it impacted the route at all. And like you said, to oversell it and be like, oh, my God. And I was like, what? Because he did a swanton bomb for uh, wrestling listeners. He effectively <laughs> did a swanton bomb. It was to me, I thought that was unjust the way that the game was called the almost the entirety of the game. And then to pull that flag out so late. I mean, yes, don't at me. Like, I understand it's a penalty. All right. I know what the rules are. But like at the same time, if you're not going to call it all game, then all of a sudden you're going to call it. It's a very much like a uh, in the NBA. You see it all the time where like superstars get certain yeah, swallow calls. the whistle, especially yeah. late in the game. In those situations, you don't want to affect the game that much. So, you know what? You're going to let that slide. And you had let slide earlier in a similar situation that was way more costly. Yeah. And for you to then just and the thing that really bugged me was it was so late. It was so late. It happened. I'm watching it with a couple people at work and we're like, oh. 
All right, Green Bay's gonna get the whoa. What? Yeah, yeah. What? Same what? thing. <laughs> same thing. I honestly was like, oh, they're gonna get the ball back. This is gonna be interesting. What the shit? <laughs> like, where did this yellow flag just fly in from? Did somebody piss in the screen? What just happened here? Like, this doesn't yeah, make I any thought, sense. I thought that was definitely not um, not something that was to be desired. It was odd too because um, as far as the Buccaneers, they could not really get the running game going that much. I mean. Leonard Fournette had 12 carries for 55 yards, and then Ronald Jones had 10 carries, but he was only averaging 1.6 yards a carry, and then he ended up leaving the game. So it just didn't look like, like what were they calling him? Playoff Lenny was out of his <laughs> mind the first couple of rounds, and then this game he was kind of staggered. I mean, 4.6 well, yards a carry. 20-yarder uh, yeah. for a touchdown. But um, no, I, to say that, you have to then look at the Green Bay rushing stats. They only had 16 carries versus the 36 they had the week before, and yeah. it was porous, to say the least. Um, they could not get the running game established whatsoever. But another key moment I want to talk about in the game was, um, as a, okay, so fourth and third, the, the Bucks called timeout after yeah. setting their punt unit out there. Then Tom Brady comes back out there, completes the touchdown, and then Kevin King, Kevin King, what's his name? Yeah, K King. Was, yeah, King. Something yeah. King. Whatever. King, he's not a king, he's a prince today. Um, gives up a deep bomb to Scotty Mill. Mike Pettin, you should be in a prevent defense because the only thing they should get is something short to get them in the field goal range. You should not be single high safety, man, man. And giving yeah, up a big touchdown. <laughs> that's crimson coverage right there. That's bump and run right there. Uh, he, um, Greg Williams got fired over a defense like that. If, hey, uh, yes, if all, don't all forget. Blitz, he literally yeah. got fired for the exact same thing. I thought it was. I thought it was very foreboding of the rest of the game that, like, oh, this is going to be. This is Tampa. Tampa has this game, mm. and it was odd because when I was at work, I ended up putting money on Tampa right before I went into work because I had picked Green Bay here, but something inside of me just wasn't sitting right because I had been on Tampa all year. So I threw a little money on them, um, and I bet a bunch of people at work that Tampa was going to win. And it was just weird because when that pass was completed, it was like, oh yeah, like this is like this game is over. And then it was so bizarre because then. Tom Brady played like shit in the second half. Yeah, and they so still... then we get into the second half. Rodgers makes his comeback, gets a couple touchdowns. Um, but the difference in this game came down to the turnovers because, yes, the Bucks had more, but off of their three turnovers, That's, they this is a crazy stat. only got six points. That's insane to me. Aaron Rodgers. One fumble and one interception from the Green Bay Packers. And that gave up 14 points. Aaron Jones fumbled the ball and basically never came back to the game. He They took him out with a chest injury and he just never returned. And immediately, just like last week, off the Jared Cook fumble, Tom Brady throws an eight-yard pass to Cameron Brait. And now the game is really out of position because 28 to 10. Uh, Rodgers and them, they mount a comeback. Then let's get to it. This is the big point of the game, Brennan. We're in the goal line. I forgot oh, what yeah. game it was, but I, I said this earlier. We're playing for heart. We're going back to where we're kids. Give me four cracks at the end zone. Why would they kick the field goal? I uh, Eventually, you have to disregard whatever the analytics oh, sheet says and gosh. go for it. 
Oh, okay. I thought you were going to go back to your, you got to get points where you need to get points. No, I, I agree with that, but it, it wouldn't have made too big of a swing. You went from eight to five. You know what I mean? Like that's still, yeah. you still have to score. And that situation, if you're down 10, that's another thing. Cause that's two scores. But if you're down one score either way, like what's, you know what I mean? Like what's yes. the difference? Because my thinking is, okay, you're down. If you're down five, you have to count on getting the ball back and scoring a touchdown. Yeah, Versus exactly. if you go for the touchdown, you get the touchdown, you'd say you don't get the two. You're only down two. Yeah. You can get the ball, kick a field goal, and win the game. So yeah, why exactly. kick the field goal there when now you're telling your defense you have to shut them down and then telling your offense you have to then go the length of the field? Well, not only that, but it, it shows, in my opinion, it shows you, your lack of faith in what the offense is doing. You have Aaron Rodgers. He's the MVP. He's one of the greatest quarterbacks, I'd say, in the top 15 of all time. Yeah. I don't know if you give me that. I know I'll Greg is that. our resident um, kind of keeper of our stats on that stuff. <laughs> yeah, thank you, historian. But I would say he's definitely a top 15 quarterback of all time. And you have to trust he's going to, he can scramble for it. He can dink it off. You know, he can dink and dunk it yeah. off. He can figure something out. So that just showed me a lot of a lack of trust, a lack of leadership by LaFleur when it came to Aaron Rodgers. And just another thing really quickly I wanted to point out before I forget, um, just with the Tampa Bay's defense, the way they played, I just wanted to point this out because we don't give enough love a lot of times to uh, linebackers on this show. But Devin White had 15 tackles. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. That was double anyone else on the game on either side of the ball. Jeez. So I just wanted to shout that out, but I agree with you. I want to know what your opinion is on Aaron Rodgers moving forward. Before we get to that, you say I don't give love to the linebacker position. All I've been screaming this entire season is that the Eagles didn't go get a linebacker when they needed to get a linebacker. That and is last true. week okay. I said the Rams need to go out and get a, a lockdown linebacker to solidify that well, defense. We're always talking about people level. who need to go get one. Well, the Bucks went out and got one. <laughs> well, My man had 15 one. tackles, nine and they solo. Got a stout offensive uh, defensive line with Vita Vea coming back from an injury. Yeah, that was huge too because he wasn't supposed to play. He, no. has a, he had a serious he, injury. He wasn't supposed to play, but then they said he was going to play, and then he wasn't supposed to play as much as he did. Yeah, and then he played well beyond so big, what everybody thought. Big misconception because as as big as that guy is, everyone thinks he's a run stopper. They need him for his pass, pass rushing ability rushing, yeah. up the middle. Yeah, yeah. What um, do you think with Aaron Rodgers? What do you think is going to happen? I think he stays. So again, before I get to the, that, part, okay. I want to yell at Lafleur because <laughs> you ahead. had three. You, well, you had two, two. You had two Brady. Uh, uh, interceptions where they both after that they went three and out yeah Rodgers had been getting pressured all game why wouldn't you move the pocket to help him and the offensive line you just kept him in a traditional drop back formation and they just bull rushed those ends those inexperienced ends and just got straight at him why not move the pocket cut off a half of the field get somebody open like, what is your play calling in that position? Anyway, Rodgers going forward. Um, I think he should leave. Now, I don't know if he should. he's going to leave, but, Brandon, I, I just want to bring this up to you. You know how many draft picks the Packers had last year? This is Seven. not even about Jordan Love. This is not even about Jordan Love. Seven? Inadvertently about Jordan Love. Uh, <laughs> they had nine draft picks in okay. this past draft. 
You want to know how many played in the game yesterday? None. One. Oh, AJ Dillon. AJ okay. Dillon. The only one of nine draft picks. Your job as a GM and coaching staff, because their whole situation is different because they don't have owners technically. Um, you got to go get town to put around Aaron Rodgers in this very finite window that he has at the apex of his career. Yeah. You guys were in, you guys were in the championship game last year and you went and out. Everyone thought they shouldn't and, have been there, by the way. Everyone exactly. thought it was the most overrated 13 and three and team they last added year. Nothing in the off season nope. to improve upon their status. All Matt they LaFleur, did was then again, Pray that Aaron Rodgers would be great. And he was this season. Yeah. He couldn't be the difference maker yesterday, but they got nothing to help him. Where else have we seen this? I want to see if you and I are tracking on the same trajectory. Aaron Rodgers, here. Mike McCarthy. No, no, no. Where else have we seen have, have we seen this in the NFL where a team dumps everything on the quarterback, doesn't give him the help he needs, and just hopes that he can make it happen? Cam Newton. Tom Brady and the Patriots. Oh. Because I'd look, say Tom Cam Brady. Newton. Well, yeah, that, yeah, well, yeah, they <laughs> went like, out and oh got McCaffrey, God, but, <laughs> but, but that was well after he was with, beaten yeah, up true. at that point. But it reminds me so much of what happened with Tom Brady because everyone was like, oh, it's the system, it's the system, it's the system. And then Tom Brady leaves and we saw what he did with Tampa versus what happened with the Patriots this year. I was just bringing it full circle. That's no, all, that's baby. a good one. But I wouldn't compare it to Brady for the fact that Brady went out because the Brady situation was more egregious to me because Brady okay. kept taking pay cuts. Yeah, that's and they true. They kept too. not putting people around him. Yeah. I feel like that was more uh, uh, egregious of an error by New England to not because he took less money, said, keep Wes Welker. They let him go. Yeah. Every time he took less and said, keep a player, they did not bring that player back. Yeah, I, I think if Aaron Rodgers leaves, any team would be happy to have him. I don't I just don't think he can leave because that's you know, it's a lot harder in the NFL as we've talked about than in the NBA. And you have to really like I don't know, man. Deshaun Watson's about to your move. way out. Well, and I think I think too with this new era of player empowerment, it's been going on in the NBA for a little while, but I think the NFL players are starting to be like, Yeah, they're right. Fuck these owners, like fuck these guys. Like if yeah. I want to go somewhere, I'll leave. And so I think we're gonna start seeing it more and more, but you good? I'm good. All right. Let's I'm talk good. about the next game. This game. About? I think I'm good. I think. I'm All good. right. This next game, Buffalo at Kansas City. Uh, I I got this one wrong as well. I, <laughs> like I'm I so I've been waiting. I've been holding this in all day. I haven't said anything on the discord because I know. The both I of thought you guys forgot the both of you. Greg, I see you, too. The both of you kept saying last week. Oh man, I don't know, man. Buffalo can, but I think Buffalo can stay with them. Uh, I don't know. Mahomes might Mahomes not be as hurt. He's he, he might not be able to move the way he usually does. I'm like, I don't know, guys. This is the Kansas City Chiefs, and again, I I bring you last week as evidence. Buffalo only had one touchdown offensively against the I Ravens. I know. I was so I was, wrong and on and this you game. You kept saying, I don't know. I don't think Kansas City's defense is that good. I was like, I don't know, man. Frank Clark, Tyron Matthews, they got good corners. I think they can contain them. This is a different game. This is a different situation. And nope, you kept giving me Josh Allen. And what did Josh Allen give you? Interception at the most uncostly time. What did that offensive line give you? I believe four sacks, about 10 quarterback hits. So that means that defense got home on 
Josh Allen. Josh Allen, great runner. He probably should run more. But outside of that, what I've been harking on all year about the Buffalo Bills, they never established a run game. Last week, first 20 plays, they didn't run one run pat, run yeah. one run play. This week, I believe they only had 11 carries by someone not named Josh Allen. Yep. <laughs> yeah, this was I I was so wrong and I they were up <laughs> nine nothing, but it doesn't matter with Kansas City. They've they're eighty-eight percent when they're down by two scores as far as their winning percentage. You know what the league average is? Fifteen. So Woo. yeah, they literally are like just make up the difference. But uh I, I I was wrong. I honestly I thought Mahomes was hurt. I thought the offensive line was a little banged up. Eric Fisher ends up going out in this game with an eight, um, yeah. Achilles injury. So we'll see what happens with the pass rush of Tampa against that offensive line. But I I I'm mad at myself because I overthought it. And again, that's what my whole walk off will be about. But I just <laughs> I'm pissed off because. I I wanted to believe in Buffalo. I love the underdog. I didn't want Kansas City to just roll. And they played close games all year. So I thought everyone's like, oh, they're bored. They're bored. I'm like, that's not how fucking football works. That's and apparently it works. is. <laughs> I was say, when you're that good at the game, that's how it works. Oh, man. So I don't really have too much to say about this game. Uh, Clyde Edward Tolaire, um, who came back from an injury to play, did not look like himself. Um, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill did look like themselves. Uh, almost 300 yards. Like actually. Supernovas. Yeah. Almost 300 yards between the two of them. Uh, it was weird. Uh, the Travis Kelsey over under on uh, the prop bet for uh, receptions was seven. And I was like, oh, that's kind of I was like, that's kind of high. He hit he eight going into like, halftime. Yeah, going into halftime. He had, he had, like he had seven eight. at the end of the first quarter. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know we do this during the playoffs for every week. Just huge shout out to TJ Yeldon getting picked up off waivers. The former Jaguar actually <laughs> every, trying to when they said that name, I was like, wait a second, <laughs> trying to make a difference in this game. But uh I, I the outlook for Buffalo, I think they're fine. They're just going to keep oh, plugging man, away. Oh man, we getting outlooks already. I'm sorry, I don't, I don't have anything. I got more. Kansas City did Kansas City things. What I got do you more. Talk about? Josh Allen had two t- interceptions. Actually, I forgot the uh, two point conversion interception. I'm not going to forget oh, yeah. about that one. I'm going to bring that up. Um, also, Josh Allen reverted to bad Josh Allen this game, Brennan. He did. You're right. He held on to the ball way longer than necessary. And there's something else I want to bring up. You was going to try to, you was going to try to bury <laughs> I was I trying to, you. I was I trying to. You. But Josh Allen, because I say that he held on the ball too long because the average distance between the defensive line of Kansas City to Josh Allen was actually 5.79 yards. And I, as I said early on this year, the average is 4.5. So he held on to the ball so long they got coverage sacks. All four of their sacks were mainly coverage sacks. He held on too long, and they were able to then get to him. But, Brennan, we have to talk about the debacle that was the end of this game. Josh Allen is getting brought down again, and then he gets brought down, and he throws the ball at the face of one of Kansas City's defenders. I believe it was Okafor. What do you have to say for this, Brennan? He was frustrated. Josh Allen being doing old Josh Allen things. I don't. I mean, he he, was he frustrated. Yeah, he gets in That's his head. That's all you sometimes. got for me. <laughs> I don't say anything Cam about Newton the play. The already being already being over when that dude took him down, though. Oh, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I well, that's I, why I threw the ball. His helmet. Yeah. What about that, Joe? Neither one of them was that egregious. Even the Dirty plays. We're just going to defend dirty plays. Hold on. The guy that the ball was thrown at wasn't the guy that brought him down. Some other player came and then hit his own player 
and then brought him down. Then Josh, uh, Josh Allen, I'm just saying, if this was Cam Newton, we would be hearing a lot of sore loser talk. Uh, Josh yeah, Allen, you would be hearing that from that. the mainstream media. You're not going to hear that from none me. None of that about Josh Allen. Because the and mainstream also, media is overtly racist. somebody explain to me how if one team gets three 15-yard penalties and the other team gets one 15-yard penalty, how does that offset? What kind of math yeah, is that? Yeah, I saw you tweet about that, too. There's a 30-yard difference there. <laughs> how did that work? Yeah, that's weird how it's just like if you if anybody gets a penalty on the other team, it immediately offsets the whole thing. That is absurd. But anyway. Hang on. I'm watching this play right now in real time. Oh, okay. Let him watch this play out. Damn, his offensive lineman came running in there. No, his offense, shout out to his offensive lineman, uh, Feliciano and uh, Deion Dawkins. They came to protect their quarterback, but I don't think they knew their quarterback. He didn't start it, obviously, because the defenders did take him down. I was being yeah. a little facetious, obviously. But um, yeah, watching did, this real time, this did, is a dirty play. He did then throw the ball. I can't say it's a dirty play because when you're coming in with that momentum, the second guy. Oh, no, this the is first totally guy is holding, dirty. Okay, no, what? you okay. The the first you want to hear my take on this? The first guy is holding them up. The second guy comes in with so much momentum that he just pushes all, all three of them down. No, this is straight up unsportsmanlike I would have thrown nine flags at these fuckers oh. man the play is over you can't hit the quarterback like that and he he, he didn't you hit said, the quarterback you said throws the ball at his face I'm not gonna lie to you I had turned this game off at this point he like tosses the ball at his face almost like man fuck Brandon, you are you really gonna are you gonna tell me somebody who's been on the football you're gonna allow disrespect somebody just throw no, a ball at you I'm not Okay, I'm, so if I'm, it's a little toss or a throw, I'm saying it was a valid toss. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> you, that whistle was way blown. That play was dead the second Josh Allen started it was backpedaling. Not way blown again. Momentum is a real thing when you're talking about people and movement. Oh, when you're talking about <laughs> physics, but when you're talking yes, about momentum physics, in the game, it's not when real. It actually applies. The guy was coming in full speed. They no, hadn't blown no. the whistle. These are the best Josh athletes Allen, in the world. He could have slowed Allen, down. He could have stopped. No, no, get out. He's like he jogging in there and then down. knocks him down, he man. Not, you are out of your mind. Speed you are out because of your Josh mind. Allen has been running out of these type of uh, uh, holds all game, and he was playing until the whistle. The whistle happened to have been like a step before he got to him. And then he took them both down. I'm, I'm team Josh saying. Allen, man. I'm just also Allen, obviously. Also, this had been building the whole game in the first half. The Chiefs were warned to settle down. You know that they were being too aggressive. Jones punched yeah, a dude. I did. Yeah, and then yeah, he get a flag, and that Tyron Matthew had to get warned. And then Andy Reid had to talk to him about chilling out a little bit. So I think it was just kind of a buildup of all that. No, plus, was, uh, plus the game being over. And they're like, all right, fuck it. Yeah. Let's yeah. hit some people. Joe, so don't, think, don't, don't think I didn't catch that. What, what? you said. What I said. You heard what you said. I would have well, to of course back you're out. on his side. No, I, I don't I like mean, that. I, I, I don't saying. appreciate that. <laughs> that would have been Patrick Mahomes. would have been on his side. Anybody but Lamar. Whoa, wait a second. Hey, oh, hey. I'm going right, to well, say uh, Josh Allen looks shaky. Uh, <laughs> what's our outlook for Bills? I think they're going to be fine. They're just going to retool it and bring it all back next year. I think they're going to. Oh, uh, by the, before we get to that, shout out to Cole Beasley because we knew he had an injury at, towards the back end of that game and come today, find out he, I believe he had a fractured or broken fibula. Yeah, and he's been playing with it the last few weeks. don't know the bones in your body, that's your entire leg, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
it's part of that leg connection. Um, the outlook for the Bills, um, I think they're going to be fine. They need to get a running back. Sorry to your boy, uh, D-Train. I don't know what you call him. Uh, Devin Singletary. Motor. Motor. That's what it was. Devin Singletary. I don't know why they don't trust him anymore. Last year, he had a good year. This year, they just decided. The year before that, he helped me win my fantasy league. This year, they just decided, now fuck the run game altogether. We're just going to throw it a thousand times. Um, Yeah, I don't know what's happening in practice to where he's lost (laughs) that trust. There's got to be something happening. I don't know. Maybe I'll call him and ask him to reach out. Let's get him on the show. Let's get that for content. Um, but yeah, I, they have to get some type of running back to establish some type of running game. Uh, but Aaron Jones is going to be a free agent next year. Um, and I mean their defense is fine. Their defense looked yeah. good. Their defense they just had turned it on towards the end of the year. Yeah. yeah, that's so. Speaking of that, bus saw that is Kansas City. Let's give our way too early Super Bowl predictions. All I'm right. going to mention it one time and one time only. I will not bring it back up on the show. But Joe, did you know that this is the first time a team has ever been the home game or the home team at their home stadium? Really? Brennan, I did not know. In the 55 years of the Super Bowl? Really? Tampa Bay will be playing in Tampa Bay where Super Bowl 55 will be held. Uh, I'm never mentioning that again. I hate that that's leading shows. Yeah, that's gotten very annoying. Um, You're taking Kansas City, I'd assume? I was going to say, we're just going to talk about the game. We're not going to give our prediction until next week. Okay. Okay, good. I'm glad we... Yeah. All right, cool. So, you need some time to breathe on this, guy. Yeah. Um... Like a fine wine. So what do you think is going to be the key to the game here? Uh, Pressure on Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Pressure in general, I think, is going to be the key to the game. But uh, what do you think the Bucs? Because this game already happened earlier this year. And Tyreek Hill boat raced. (laughs) <laughs> the yeah, that was secondary. that was a dumb that was a dumb decision to go man coverage on Tyreek Hill. You can't go bump and run against Shout the out fastest to Colton guy. Davis, uh, yeah. he's probably having nightmares after last <laughs> night. He was like, "I got to deal with this guy again." That won't happen again. They're gonna go. They're gonna go <laughs> shell two or cover three, and then they're gonna have the the, the deep safety. So they're not gonna do that shit again. Uh, I guarantee right. that. That's what you say. I mean. We've seen teams do dumb yeah, things before. Yeah, you see teams, yeah, they get all in their head and they're like, fuck this, we can play man with these guys. Yeah, it's like, no, we, we are 218 yards later. We're going to play man again. Mm-hmm. What oh, were you going to ask about score. Tampa? I'm looking up the score from the last time. It was only 27 24. Yeah, the game ended up a lot closer than a lot of people think, but the Kansas City torched them. That, yeah. that was Kansas City's game. Um, my My key to the game is. Is Brady going to look like Brady of the first half or the second half? Yeah, that's a good point. Because last week, Brady didn't look great. The yeah. first game against Washington, he looked okay. Uh, the first half of this game, he looked phenomenal. He looked like vintage Brady. I was like, oh, shit. I was wrong about everything I ever thought, I ever yeah. said this year, basically. And then that second half, I was like, Oh, no. Everything I, I was said right. was completely right. <laughs> yeah. You didn't overthink it. Yeah. I was like, oh, he's yeah, he's old. He can't make some of his throws. Both two of his three interceptions were on passes over 20 plus yards. Um, but in the first half, he hit on two passes over 20 plus yards that were insane. The Scotty Miller play and the Chris Godwin play like right after yeah. they said Chris Godwin has too many drops. Like in the middle of the sentence, he has too many. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> So, I yeah. um I think it's gonna be a great game though because there's so many weapons on Tampa 
offensively. Um, I honestly think it's, I, I mean, I don't know if they can go score for score. Kansas City's so fast. Tampa's not known for its speed. Like they've got Godwin, apparently, you know, he, he's had a lot of drops in this playoffs, but Brady said it's, he's one of the best cat, pass catchers he's ever worked with. Mike Evans isn't known for his breakaway speed, but he's known for those 50 50 balls in the end zone because he's mm-hmm. a giant. And then Gronk, you know, Gronk's not the Gronk of old, but he's still blocking his ass off and can, you know, and Cameron Bright too. So, I mean, offensively, they, but they don't have the speed to match them. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. they've got guys that can play on offense, but they're Kansas City's just so fast. Yeah, and Kansas City, like with the Browns game last week, Kansas City has the uncanny ability to score on basically every possession. Yeah. <laughs> so I think also another key to this game is the Bucks are gonna have to really establish that running game with playoff Lenny. Uh shout yeah. out to Mina Kimes and Lenny. Um <laughs> Yeah, they really got to establish that run game and limit the amount of time uh, Pat Mahomes has the ball. And their defense has to come out like gangbusters. Uh, This is not, they're not name recognized like Rondé Barber, Derrick Brooks, Warren Sapp, but Nadam Kinsu, Shaq Barrett, JPP, uh, Scantling Bunting, whatever that guy's name is now, Devin White. Those guys are good, and Tom Brady's a better version, obviously. He's, to the 10th power, a better version than fucking Brad Johnson. So, Yeah, I think, well, and I think, like you said, they they might not be the same kind of names that we're used to hearing, but, I mean, these guys, most of them are first-round picks. Uh, most of them are do have a little bit of name recognition as yeah. far as Indomitian Sue. You know, he was up for player of the defensive player of the year a few yeah. times when he first got JPP's in the league. JPP's won a Super Bowl. J- yeah, JPP's won a Super Bowl. He was, you know, a first round uh, pass rushing specialist. Um, so I don't think, I don't think they're as, it's not the no name defense of the Miami Dolphins back in the day, but uh, I think they're going to be, I think, like you said, if they come out guns firing. Back in the day, it was like a couple weeks ago. <laughs> no, no, no. I meant the no-name defense from the 70s. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were talking about their current defense. I think people are gonna know what's happening. Is you know what I mean? Like they're yeah. they're gonna they're gonna remember these names when they come out. Who's the um Devin White gets all the love, but who's the other uh who's the other middle linebacker? Oh. Um Levante oh. David. Yeah, he's oh, in David, yeah, yeah, He's yeah. another pro bowler, so like they're not they're not yeah. slouches. They're nothing I, to sneeze at. Yeah, that I think defense they, they, is really good. Shout they, out to Todd right. Bowles. Yes, so. absolutely. And they got to come out guns blazing yeah. in that first half. Yeah, that first drive they have has to be like the one they just had against the Green Bay Packers where they just yeah. marched right down the field and score immediately. Yeah, absolutely. And then that defense has got to come out. And if they can get a couple three and outs on Pat. But it's like Coach O'Brien said in D3, Mighty Ducks 3, you know, all it takes <laughs> is a tenth of a second to score. And that's what Kansas City does. And that's what the difference between is you. That is what the difference is between you and Tyreek Hill. Many yeah. tenths of a second. <laughs> yeah, lots of tenths of a second. Oh, man. Oh, man. All right. Beautiful. Let's keep get going. We're going to move on to the NBA now. Joe, this is going to be more your realm than it is mine. But we had a couple of highlights we wanted to talk about. Obviously, the season is about almost a quarter of the way through. Um, 
My man, Steph Curry, making things happen all by his lonesome over there in Golden State. Joe, what happened? What happened with Steph this week? So this week, Steph passed one of my favorite players all time. Uh, Reggie Miller on the three-point list. He did it in about half as many games. Jesus. Uh, obviously, the, the game has changed where three-pointers are. They're shooting probably triple the amount of three-pointers uh, that they did back then. I believe... I believe Barry Barry. Oh my gosh, Larry Bird. Uh, never Barry hit a hundred. <laughs> uh, I think he never hit a hundred threes in a season. Uh, somebody looked that up, but I, I think his like highest season is like half a season of Curry's or something or other. Really? Um, yeah, it's something crazy. So now Steph is second on the list all time three points made, uh, behind only one Ray Allen. Uh, aka Jesus Shuttlesworth. Um, so yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Steph is out here doing work. Uh, good to see him healthy. Good to see him uh, fighting. Uh, I thought they were going to be really bad without Clay, and they're not as bad. I was wrong on that projection. Um, they're a competitive team. I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs still or not, but the West, as always, is going to be competitive from about one to 10. So. I'm um, just be in that mix for sure. Wanted to throw this out to you. So Larry Bird, the most he's ever hit in a season as far as three pointers is 90. 90. Knew it. I knew it wasn't 100. I, I knew he never hit 100. Yeah. Insane. And he's regarded as one of the best shooters ever. Yeah. Um, Steph Curry leads single season record with 402. <laughs> God, that can't. That doesn't even that look right. Looking sense. at it, <laughs> the game is just so they're shooting more. Obviously, so they're obviously making more. So yeah, so you were right on with that uh, triple stat. It's almost quadruple actually. But Jeez. it's. I'm so happy for him after because, like you said, after Clay went down, everyone was like, "Oh, you know, too bad." Like they're gonna have to try and figure it out for next year again. And then Steph's like, "Nah, man. Like we'll 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 hang. We'll hang with this." Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to talk to you. Um, there was a huge news this week in the NBA. Huge news. Our man um, Kanye Irving came back. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Kyrie Irving, though, did rejoin the Jets. Or the Jets. Jets? The Nets. <laughs> I mean. <So> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> They've all but, seen um, about as dysfunctional at this time. <laughs> yeah, they got their first win, though, with the trio. Uh, what did you... Kind of take away from what was going on. And then they won tonight. We're recording this on a Monday. They won tonight against the Heat as well. So So the first two games, the first game with him back, they lost to the Cavs in double OT. Um, Then the next game they played, Durant sat out. I believe they also lost to the Cavs. And then they finally beat the Heat, but they only beat the Heat by two. And Jimmy Butler and Tyler Hero both weren't playing that game. Jimmy's in... uh, COVID protocol and Tyler has an injury. You mean COVID's and Jimmy protocol? <laughs> yeah, they're scrapping it out uh, in a black talk somewhere in Texas. Um, and God, then that, that was beat, a high scoring game too. 128, yeah, yeah, yeah. 124. Bam and had like 41, which is really, really something I've uh, keyed in on when the Nets made that trade, getting rid of Jared Allen. I was like, what are they going to yeah. do if a team has a big? They just got rid of all their big. DeAndre Jordan is no longer effective. He barely plays 20 minutes a game. He's useless. I dropped yeah, we him actually, I'm glad you brought that up because that is something that we discussed was that they got rid of their main weapon in the center 
of the, you know what I mean? In the paint, yeah. like now, and bam, he had 26 points tonight and he had 41 yeah. the other night. Like it's, they don't have any kind of answer for that. Exactly. You think Kevin Durant would play the five. He's never playing the five. I know. That's what I said too. <laughs> He's never going to play the five. Um, what do you so think yeah. the outlook is moving forward? Do you think they can, you think James Harding can maintain this? Oh, I'll just pass the ball. He's leading an assist on the team right now. Do you think he's going to keep this going? Um, Eventually think, he's going to want to eat. I think if he wants to, I think if they want to have a sustainable ecosystem, that may be what he has to do. Um, Kyrie is not taking less shots by any means necessary. Durant should not, take any less shots no um durant is the figurehead of that team um and again i gotta say it durant coming off the achilles injury over like 18 months of not playing basketball looks as great as he did phenomenal yeah that injury it's insane um but yeah no again this is gonna be my favorite soap opera of the season um they they it, like you said, I think James is obviously at some point going to revert to, you know, I like shooting too. <laughs> yeah. I want to play. <laughs> I don't want to guys, guys, I want to play like, um, so yeah, it, it will be interesting to monitor that, but I just wanted to note that they got their first win with all three of them on the floor playing nice with each other. And, uh, it was only by two points and they only won today by what, like 13, but yeah. it was under a hundred. And again, no hero, no Butler. Um, so yeah. All right. I want to move on. Speaking of teams that kind of came out of nowhere, Utah has now won its eighth straight game. Um, do you think, I mean, I know we talk about Utah every year and they were in the playoffs last year and you know, they gave, uh, Denver a run, but do you think they're for real? Um, I think they are as for real as they can, as a uh, Donovan Mitchell's game will allow yeah. them. Uh, Shaq kind of uh, criticized them last week. And, and then, I mean, to his credit kind of brought it to them, like in the post game was like, I said, I don't think you guys can make it because I don't believe in your game directly to Donovan Mitchell. And he was like, all right, man, whatever. Um, but yeah, no, they're going to hang in the balance with him because outside of him, they don't have any scorers. Uh, Rudy Gobert is a great big man, but he's primarily a defensive big man. He's not getting you 20 and 10 like yeah. some, like uh, Nikola Jokic, who's getting you 20, 10, 10. Um, His wins against the Sun. Shout out to him. Um, but yeah, uh, they're, they're on a run right now. They, were, they had a 10-game winning streak last year, um, so they're not new to this. Um, it's going to really depend on placement in the playoffs and is Donovan Mitchell ready to take that next step to at least get them to the Western Conference Finals like, say, Jamal did last year or Dame has done in the past. So it'll be interesting yeah. to monitor. A lot of monitoring this receiver. <laughs> yeah, we're only a quarter of the way through, so we're going to see what happens. We should just say that every every week. We're a quarter of the way through. That should be our <laughs> We're a quarter of the way through. <laughs> All right. Greg, let's head it over to the quick hits. I was surprised how quick. Quick! Mayman hits quick hit. All right. (laughs) We're going to go quick hits. For those of you new to the program, the quick hits are going to be three to five questions um, that uh, Joe and I will go back and forth with. We've got L. Greg here to kind of moderate, mediate, make sure we don't get too off the rails with these. Um, (laughs) 
First question's for you, Joe, since you are the resident fight night coordinator and L. Greg also big on the fighting. Conor McGregor. Let me okay. hear it. Um, well, Brennan kind of teed me up there. Oh, I'm sorry. Real quick. I just want to say before you go on to your rant. Go for it. Conor McGregor got knocked the fuck out. <laughs> Brennan. Sorry. Gave it to me. All right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, so as the resident fight night. Uh aficionado uh not really a ufc guy more of a boxing guy big fight coming up this week uh two plank plank in the tree ask i don't know also canelo gonna fight next month oh sorry 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 I, I can't plank? remember. Was it Plank? The Fox plant. fight? Plant. Was it Plank or Plaque? Plant? Plant. Okay. Caleb but there plant. was also like a triage. Uh, I don't know. It was two Caleb's, I think, too. It was just crazy. Yes. Um, also a fight that happened this weekend. <laughs> no, it's next start. weekend. We'll get to that. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, that fight's next weekend. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> next week. But uh, so McGregor got knocked the fuck out, like Brennan said. Um, McGregor, who is known for running his mouth excessively. Uh, I believe before this fight, he talked about trying to fight Khabib again, who, if we don't remember, kicked his ass and then kicked everybody in the audience's ass because that's how he rolls. Um, I think one of the... McGregor is annoying at this point. He it's, it's It's gotten played out. I'm tired of the act. I'm tired of the... Thankfully, he wasn't fighting a black guy this time because he would have brought out the racism that he was doing when him and Floyd was fighting back out again. Um, or when him and Khabib were fighting, honestly, because he kept making fun of Khabib's religion and whatnot. Um, I'm tired of that. I'm happy to see him get his fucking doorbell rung and get put to sleep. Um, he's obviously gonna get a payday because he's the guy everybody loves to see lose at this point. But yeah, get him the fuck out of here. I, you know what? I want to see. Um, he's not my guy anymore because he you has know, some questionable things. Uh, that he supports, but um, uh, Masvidal. I'd like to see him and Masvidal go, and Masvidal lay his ass out too. Yeah, I I agree. I'm over Connor's antics, his whole thing, and it was when he first got into the UFC. I remember it was like cool and edgy, and you know, like oh, it's the Irishman and all this kind of stuff. And then, like you said, as, as you can only maintain that facade, like Mayweather, he only gets away with it because he never loses. Once you start losing, then you're just an asshole. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you're not like, oh, he's tough, but he can, you know, he's kind of a dick, but he can back it up guy anymore. You're just, a, you're just a dick. Yeah. <laughs> because you're getting knocked out. I mean, Khabib is going to murder his family. Like he, that dude's <laughs> insane. Um, he's built to fight. But uh, I think is I don't think that obviously the thing is going to happen with Manny Pacquiao. Now that we're talking about that, that's obviously out the window. Probably with the is Pauls a, though, whichever Paul won. I was just about to say <laughs> Joe and I always on the same wavelength. I was going to say call Jake Paul, uh, figure that whole thing out because I think Conor McGregor, he still tell, sells tickets and he still has a huge draw in certain parts of the world. But I think as a fighter in the UFC, um, I think he's going to, I think he's towards the end of that career because um, Dana is real big on putting fighters that are going to hold their own in the ring versus just people with names. I mean, that's, that's his MO. That's why we get, you know, these you new fighters coming fight? up all the time, but not a second. Oh, really? <laughs> I, you even I, mentioned I, I saw the guy's the, name. Uh, that, the UFC. The guy's name that beat him. Portier, Portier, Dustin Portier. 
Sydney was a lot more competitive than you're making it out to be, but he did in the end get shin or uh, calf kicked Sydney to death. Portier knocked him out. But uh, McGregor um, got in some good shots. Last time I checked, it doesn't round. matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Dustin Poirier. Doesn't Poirier. matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning is winning. Officer and a gentleman. Um, no, I, I just honestly, I just saw this the second round. I have just been watching the highlights of the him getting knocked out. But um, also, was it, uh, Greg, McGregor's, did you watch the whole fight? Yes, very unsavory character. I didn't watch any of the undercard because okay, I don't the, care about it either. But I figured people would be talking about it, so I would watch it. And McGregor was well, probably yeah, fill the listeners yeah. in. What 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 did you think? McGregor probably won the first round. He was getting the better shots in. There was some grappling going on that was just a waste of time because nobody won that. But uh, there were kick after kick to the calves, calf kick, as they kept calling it, I guess. And by the end, he could barely mm. stand up. And that's ultimately probably what took him down. Plus some head shots at the very end. So, But it was competitive up to that point. Yeah, I was going to say, I saw him get hit in the face. Okay, <laughs> well, there we go. Cool. Also, that's much better insight than character who has like three rape allegations swirling about, but that's beyond the pen. <laughs> it sounded like you said Greg, and that I want people to know that he said McGregor. McGregor. Hey, that's why I started McGregor. laughing. <laughs> McGregor. Just for our audience to clarify, he said McGregor. McGregor. Yeah. Um, also, uh, an old man in a bar and it has a whiskey, even though he stopped drinking. It's very confusing. We're going to the next question. Thank you, Joe. Philip yes. Rivers, Hall of Fame or no? Um, I have a return question for you. Eli Manning, Hall of Famer or no? Uh, Eli Manning, yes. Philip Rivers, no. Ooh. For those of you who don't know, Philip Rivers, Rivers. What? I was going to let our audience know. Philip Rivers retired, announced his retirement after 17 seasons in the NFL. Um, now there's questions swirling on whether he should be in the Hall of Fame or not. I think Eli is because of the two Super Bowl wins, especially as the underdog in both those games. I think Rivers is not because he never even made it to wow. pass the AFC championship. Okay. We're going to, I knew this was going to be interesting. Um, I don't think Eli should get in because Eli was never the best quarterback in any season of his quarterbacking career. Doesn't he matter. Has, won two Super Bowls. There's many co- uh, there's many quarterbacks who have won two Super Bowls who are not in the Hall of Fame, Brennan. Yeah, but not as huge underdogs against the- What does that mean? The monster that was the that Patriots at the time. That doesn't mean anything. Oh, that no. That means your you're team wrong. won. Writers vote for the Hall of Fame. You're very wrong on that point. Writers <laughs> vote for the Hall of Fame. there's other people who won two Super Bowls that are not in. Yeah, because they didn't have a good- uh, Writers Because they weren't playing the story. Patriots? No, writers love a story. And the fact that he didn't have a vaunted defense, he had a good defense, but not a vaunted defense that carried the team. He didn't have a vaunted defense. That was not a vaunted defense. You're talking about OCU Minora and Tuck and- Michael Strahan, then JPP. What are you talking? He had the sack leader. They were a good defense. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. We can, hey, mark it. El Greg, mark it. Philip Rivers, no get Hall in. of Fame. Eli no, Manning, Eli's Hall of Fame. He's going to get in, but he did not deserve to be in. Whoa, uh, whoa. Go look at his numbers. He has he has far more interceptions than Philip Rivers. He's not a good, he was never a top 10 quarterback in any season that he played in. I agree. Okay, then. So how is that person a, now a Hall of Famer? Anybody Greg, can Greg, tell him Brad why. Johnson tell him why. has a Super Bowl ring. 
Two Super yeah, Bowls. That's he's why he's played a long time and I got think two Jim Super Plunkett's Bowl rings. Not in with two Super Bowl. If Philip Rivers had even sniffed a Super We're Bowl, going to the maybe. resident historian on this. But Philip Rivers top five in every statistical category. Are we talking about? Do we think he's going to get in, or do we think he deserves to be in? Because I don't think Philip Rivers think will get in. To, and I, I think Manning will get in. I think Manning will. I don't think he deserves to. I think Philip Win does, and I think he deserves to because also. He, I agree. He deserves to. I agree with that. He also had to deal with going to the <laughs> uh, worser of teams because Eli cried and didn't want to go to San Diego, uh, and so by that, yeah. But that's 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 a moot point. That you could say, no, yeah. no. I'm just saying he had to do more with less. Yeah, at that time, but he played for yeah. 17 years, so that turnover, like by the time he's five years into his career, that that shouldn't be a. You see what I'm saying? Like that shouldn't matter anymore. Eh, I don't know, but okay. Um, and also, I will say, uh, Philip, dang it, Philip also uh, didn't get to the Super Bowl, but played in the AFC Championship with a torn ACL. And Without right an ACL, love story. Yeah, right yeah. love story. <laughs> I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Right love story. But I don't think he's gonna be first ballot. Obviously, I don't think no. he should be first ballot. But I think he'll eventually get it. Riders will eventually warm up to him. And all his 18 kids will probably be the writers that vote him in. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to talk, uh, get your take um, and ask you about this. Something I predicted right here on this show a few weeks ago, maybe even a couple months ago. Said it, but you took the credit on Twitter, so I'll just give it yeah, to you. Yeah, <laughs> all right. I appreciate that. Um, Matthew Stafford, on the move. On the move. On the move. Where do you think? Do you think he's going to go? Where do you think he's going to end up, Joe? Talk to me. Um... I have not. Uh, now I'm thinking about it. Stay with me here. Pittsburgh. Okay. Oh, wow. You think Big Ben's going to retire? I think Big Ben. If Big Ben's not going to retire, gonna retire, I think they should just move on from him. Yeah. I would say he can't throw a ball down the field to save his career. Literally. <laughs> literally. Yeah, literally. Um. Honestly... I was looking at some of the, the trade options and things like that because it's going to have to be a big haul to get them. Um, yeah. and I, this mean, might, I don't think it should be, but okay. I mean, this he's is a whole... 30, th- he's in his 30s. It's not Yeah, but this be is this- the whole Philip Rivers discussion all over again. He's got crazy stats on a shitty team. But Brennan, he was there for 12 plus years. That's not the same turnover. <laughs> hey, I, hey, preaching in the choir. Preaching in the choir on this one. Um, I think Denver's a serious option. Um, mm. Drew Lock experiments over. Yeah, and I think they have the pieces to move uh, some things around. The Patriots also, I would think, would be a serious option. Um, they have the money to do it. Yeah, but uh, other than that, I was thinking about some teams that are maybe a quarterback away. I know Atlanta's thinking about moving on, but you're not going to move on from mm. a, a, a 30-year-old quarterback for another 30-year-old yeah. quarterback, I especially because right. Matt Ryan has an MVP under his belt. But, and he uh, has a huge cap hit. <laughs> yeah, gigantic cap hit. So I think, honestly, I'm going to, I mean, I'm just speculating, but I think it's going to be Denver, the Patriots, but I'm not 100% sure, obviously. But I'm glad he's going to get out of there and get to a team where he can maybe make some noise. I've been calling mm, for that for months. Another team, potentially the Washington football team. Oh, yeah. Good, good. Very good point. Very good poll. And um, the, Colt, the Colts are moving on oh, from Grace. Rivers. With Rivers gone, the Colts will oh, be looking for Colts. somebody. Yeah. Yes, that's and right. They seem to like older quarterbacks. So the team there you go. Yeah. Um, L. Greg, what do you think? Because Von Miller's coming back next year, and that defense mm, isn't, isn't bad. It's actually a pretty good defense. 
What do you think <laughs> about? Uh, oh well, yeah, see, that's court true. cases pending. I don't know that they're <laughs> shopping for a quarterback. Matthew Stafford. I don't know if they're shopping for that veteran quarterback. I think if Aaron Rodgers decides he wants to leave Green Bay, they'll be at the top of that list. They'll go after him like they did Peyton Manning back in the day. Um, I don't know that. Like I said, I don't know if they're looking for a veteran right now. I mean, they probably should get one. But I think they're probably looking to draft. Rogers moves is going to be Rogers moves is going to be San Diego. San Diego, Jesus Christ, it's going to be uh, San Francisco or the Rams. Yeah, I agree because he's from so, that area. He's from yeah. that area, and apparently, I was but if John to John Elway comes Shefty, knocking on your door, you're going to listen to what he says. Sean McVay come knocking on your door. That's a better offense. Um, I don't I, it's a better offense, all, but, but John Elway, yeah, John Elway carries that clout. Does he though? Yes. At this point, he just had to give up the GM role. Yeah, that's true. But I think <laughs> I, I think say. I think older quarterbacks in their third. Well, not older, but like quarterbacks that are my age look up to him because he he's John Elway. Yeah, but. That's why Rogers, most ex-athletes get into insurance sales because people will buy shit from. Well, I think ex-athletes. also Rogers is like fuck these old quarterbacks. So he had to deal with Brett Favre for all this year. Yeah, that's true too. <laughs> so he's like, I don't want to hear from any of you old fuckers. Even though now he's technically an old fucker. Um, <laughs> um very. But I was so, gonna say, sorry, I go just ha- got to finish this statement because I'm leaving all the listeners on a cliffhanger. Shafty said that Rogers has bought property, a house, I believe, 20 minutes from the Rams facility. Yeah, because he's from California. I know, but he's from Northern Cal, not Los Angeles. Yeah, that's true. Who knows? We'll see what happens. Um, Joe, we're going to switch gears, get a little somber here. A little sentimental. Um, A little sentimental, Uh, a little somber. I'll bring this one up. Go go Uh, ahead. So tomorrow when we're recording this, today when you're listening to this, is the anniversary of the passing of Kobe Bryant, the Black Mamba. Um, Normally, I probably would talk about... uh, what the experience was when I found out the news. Uh, but uh, Vanessa Bryant said that she doesn't want to talk about the passing more. So celebrating the life. So in that vein, I decided to make this quick hit. What is your favorite Kobe memory? Uh, my favorite Kobe moment. I've got a, uh, uh, yeah. Memory moment. Yeah. I got a lot from when they played in the finals, him and Shaq, um, mm-hmm. even though they didn't get along so much off the court when they were together on the court, it was pretty crazy, but I'll, I'll never forget. I was watching just a random Lakers game. And when he did the, the, the mouth oh, thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. like I just like, as far as like a favorite memorable sticks out in my mind moment, I was like, what the fuck is he doing? <laughs> and he just made that face, that weird face where he juts his jaw out. I was like, fucking Kobe's going to Kobe, man. Mamba mode. Mamba mode. Yeah. And I, uh, dude, I do that now before shows sometimes, or it's like, I'm trying to, like, if I'm getting in my head about something at the gym or before I get on stage, I'll just, I'll just stick my jaw out, like, <laughs> fucking let's go. Oh, so man. that, that's probably my favorite. There's so many great moments of, of him winning and playing basketball so well and everything, but that's, that's a unique moment that sticks out to me because I just remember thinking like, what is he doing? That's a really good one. Um, I, I there's so many to pick from. Uh, when I was thinking about this earlier, I was like, man, he had so many press conferences that I enjoyed probably more than the games. Like, uh, what do you think you guys can relax and win? Nope. Why not? Job's not done. Uh, yeah. Um, 
him getting surly, me learning what the word surly meant because a reporter said, why are you being so surly? He's like, <laughs> I'm not being surly. I'm just answering your question. Um, but the moment I'm going to go with is obviously too cliche at this point, but it, it really sticks with me because uh, this was, I want to say this was the last year I was in Jacksonville um, and the 60 point game, final game. Uh, ESPN one is Warriors versus the Grizzlies. Uh, ESPN two is Kobe versus Utah. Kobe versus Utah, baby. (laughs) Yeah. Kobe versus Utah. Me and my boy and, um, and my girl shout out to Trent Tiffany. Uh, we all stayed in the apartment together and we had been wanting to see the Warriors thing all year because like history in the making, obviously, but we never left ESPN two and we watched the entire Kobe game and we completely forgot about the Warriors game. And it was just such a memorable moment, that lasting image of this guy who was a great scorer all my life, who at times I wanted to uh, patent my game uh, after um, he had the arrogance that I wanted to carry into basketball, even though he wasn't my favorite player. My favorite player was Carmelo, but Kobe was to me the best player. And that's who I wanted to emulate when I played and see him go out on his shield. Like a lot of boxers talk about, they want to go on their shield and Kobe who had for like the last two, three seasons at that point was battling mad injuries. Uh, he had an Achilles injury, like uh, Achilles injury, like Durant did. And he didn't come back spry and young because he had it well into his career just to see him put up those 60 man that shit was fucking epic so that is probably my favorite and then to end that game I believe he goes kisses his wife kisses his kids and then the mamba out mic drop like it was picturesque yeah that's definitely an awesome moment that's sad man yeah yeah R.I.P. to the Mamba. R.I.P. to uh, Hank Aaron, who passed over the week. Oh, yeah. Hank Aaron died so, too. God. Yep. All right. Better man than any of us will even try to be. Amen to that. All right. We're going to move from the quick hits to the walk-offs. Welcome to the big leagues. All right. For those of you who are new to the show, the walk-off will be a short essay portion that Joe and I have written. Sometimes it'll be emotional. Sometimes it'll be funny. Sometimes it'll be about sports or just life in general. Um, (laughs) I'm going to go first this week. And my walk-off is entitled Stop Overthinking. I have realized something in recent years about myself when it comes to almost all things sports. I overthink outcomes. It is to my detriment in most cases. I have a gut feeling, then start to analyze different variances and situations that might cause me to be incorrect. I'm not sure if this comes from my overly anxious and neurotic personality, or if it is because I think I know something no one else does based on playing team sports for most of my life. Either way, it makes me look like an idiot in the long run. I started noticing it. I started noticing it when I began playing Madden football so many years ago. I would call plays based on a weird algorithm in my head, which was this is what I should run, but they know that. So maybe I'll do the opposite of that and catch them off guard. But that's what they think I'm going to do the opposite. 
So I should stick with the original plan, but then they'll be ready for that. Oh shit. The play clock is running down. I need to snap the ball. That mentality has been my life with sports ever since. When I got older and started playing fantasy football, it was the same. No one has heard of this guy. He's a sleeper, a super sleeper, but I don't want to lose out on him. So I'll take him in the third round instead of the eighth. Also with my lineups, so-and-so is hurt on on defense. So I'll start my fourth best running back because of the matchups instead of my best running back. But inevitably, the number one running back would have more points because he's the better back. Every so often I would work. Oh, every so often it would work and I would look like a genius, which is probably why I still do it. That and the fact that I think because I played football for so long, I have some weird psychological advantage. That is never the case. Do you know why big name players go early in fantasy? Because they're the big name players and produce points. There is the guy every year who has a huge season no one saw coming, but that is picking a needle in a haystack. I have been doing the same with my picks here on this program. My gut said Tampa. I picked Green Bay because I thought Aaron Rodgers is playing out of his mind. Even though all year I've been saying Tampa is underrated and Green Bay is overrated. I overthought it. Same with Buffalo. Instead of picking the powerhouse that is Kansas City, I figured Mahomes was not 100% and they had injuries and that would swing the game. When really, the Chiefs were clearly the better team. I'm not a big believer in New Year's resolutions, but this year I'm going to try and cut back on my overthinking. I will still root for the underdog, as I do, but I will go with my gut when it comes to picking teams and players I think are going to do well. There are countless examples you can find in past episodes, but moving forward, I will stop trying to be crafty and outfox Joe and just go with my gut. Then when I'm wrong, it's not nearly as upsetting. Oh, Foxy and what was it? Outcraft Joe? I said, um, trying to be crafty and outfox Joe. Outfox Joe. Why did I switch it up? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that was funny. Um, that was good. Uh, yeah, you should stop overthinking it. Also, yeah. that the fantasy one really irked me. <laughs> this defender's out, so I'm going to start this receiver. Yeah. <laughs> I dude, I, I've won fantasy in the like seven or eight years I played. I've won one time, and it Man. was like the second season I had done it. And I'm like, I'm a genius. I know everything about fantasy. <laughs> and it was really just because I got lucky. I took a couple. You know, I took Alfred Morris that year that he blew up, uh-huh. and like I, you know, 2012. And so I just got lucky. I'll tell people my trick on here because uh, I've won. I won one this year. I won one last year, and then I've won like three or four in the past. Um, running backs get running backs and receivers early wait on a quarterback value defense and kicker more than everybody in your league all right people are going to give you shit when you pick up that defense but that defense is probably the best defense people are going to give you shit when you pick up that kicker but they don't miss any all right (laughs) Josh Lambeau next year for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Everyone keep an eye out for All him right. in the fourth round. You heard it here yeah. first. Win your fantasy league. And go after youth at running back. That is another big thing. I like to pick up rookie running backs. I picked up Jonathan Taylor this year. Wasn't supposed to start. Marlon Mack got hurt. He became the number one. Rode him to a championship. All right. Brendan, shut up. Oh, yeah. I forgot to shut tell up. you to shut up. All right, my walk off this week is call is entitled No More Excuses. The legendary coach Bill Walsh once said, I wouldn't say that team owners, quote, 
were racist, but they felt no urgency at all. This was in regards to my not in regards to the hiring of minority coaches, particularly black head coaches. Walsh surely a man of his word, about half of his staff was black, and he established a minority leadership program that became the model league wide. Some of these coaches were Dennis Green, Ty Whittingham, Ray Rhodes, Marvin Lewis, Herm Edwards, all of who went on to become head coaches. This offseason, we've seen only one minority hire, Robert Sala, the first Muslim head coach, but no black candidates have been hired to this point. This is an annual occurrence and is talked about in the media, rightfully so, and is excused to death on social media as expected from that cesspool of society. A few years ago, when a rash of offensive coordinators ended up getting hired, getting hired as head coaches, uh, the excuse was, well, there aren't any black offensive coordinators. All the black candidates are defensive coordinators and teams want offensive coordinators to pair with their young quarterback. Pep Hamilton was then an offensive coordinator, three seasons for the Indianapolis Colts, had two playoff appearances with Andrew Luck. This past year, he was a quarterback coach for Justin Herbert. You're probably wondering why I'm bringing up this particular fact, because the most recent position, but the most because his most recent position wasn't offensive coordinator. Well, Zach Taylor of the Bengals, coach of the Bengals, went from quarterback coach to head coach. His resume was thinner than Pep Hamilton, who wasn't interviewed for one head coaching job this year. Another excuse for the offensive guys, well, he's not the play caller. Joe Judge was a special team coach and doesn't call any plays, a model outlined by John Harbaugh. Dan Campbell just got hired by the Lions and was a tight ends coach. And when he was the interim coach for the Dolphins, he didn't call plays then either. Meanwhile, the Eagles just hired an offensive coordinator that didn't call plays either. Frank Wright is the play caller in Indianapolis. Another excuse is maybe they don't interview well. Now, this one to me is the most damning of all the excuses because it puts into question not with with no actual foundation, the intellect and character of these black coaching candidates. As a young black man, when 90 percent of the people interviewing you are white and you are at a strong disadvantage, you don't have the same cultural touchstones. Now make these the wealthiest people you don't have much in common. Not like Arthur Smith, new Falcons head coach, whose father founded FedEx. By the way, his first pro job was in Washington, who play at FedEx Field, and his father has stake in that team. Also, we never hear about white coaches who interview poorly, only black coaches, and it's always third or fourth hand. Anyway, as I'm writing this, there are only two black head coaches one Hispanic, and now one Muslim. This weekend, we saw four black coordinators in the championship week, and we'll see three of them in the Super Bowl. In the case of Brian Lefwich, they'll probably say doesn't have enough experience coaching at this level. Meanwhile, Brandon Staley was a one-time defensive coordinator for the Rams and is now the head coach of the Chargers. They'll tell Todd Bowles that they want a younger guy, though he's younger than nine of the head coaches right now. And if Eric Bieniemy if Eric Bieniemy wins his second Super Bowl, I wonder what excuse I wonder what excuse they will come up with next. Yeah, it's 
It was the same thing with black quarterbacks too. They're not. They they used. There used to be like black quarterbacks, uh, not, black middle linebackers, black safeties. They're not, they're smart, not smart enough. enough. They can't run. Yep. Yep. Which is weird because some of the best people I ever played with, like the smartest people I ever played with, were and some of the best middle linebackers and safeties are all. Black. Yeah. But it's just I don't. I mean, it's you, it's an antiquated thing. It's an antiquated. Well, it pisses thing. me off too because like. Everyone's so excited in Jacksonville about the Urban Meyer hire, and I'm like, yeah, I mean, we'll see. But I, I've been, I wanted either uh, Eric Bieniemy or uh, Morningwig. Like, yeah. I was like, I mean, I understand that he's white, but he's also yeah, Martindale. I'm sorry, Wink. Uh, yeah. But I was like, um, I wanted Eric Bieniemy before anything else because I was like, shit, get Trevor Lawrence in here with this fucking offensive coordinator. Hell yeah, that's weird too. How you, uh, your the excuse thing is is bizarre. How they're like, oh, not enough experience or too old or like, yeah. and I understand like in Todd Every Bowles case, because Todd Bowles already had uh, control of a team and he didn't do well, but like the Eric Bieniemy thing is just mind blowing to me. But the thing, okay, so the reason I told you earlier, like I had more stuff because yeah, yes, Todd I, Bowles oh, yeah. obviously had one opportunity. Mike McCarthy, why did he get hired? Yeah, again? that's God. I, I can't was about to say you always see white head coaches retreaded. You never see black head coaches retreaded. The thing that I cut was uh, Raheem Morris was given a job at thirty five. Nine years later, he finally got an interview by the Falcons when he became the interim head coach. He went and became the off. He became an offensive specialist after being a defensive coordinator in his younger years. He went and started working with the offense until. Uh, uh, in the Falcons organization until Dan Campbell, that Dan Campbell, whatever Quinn, that guy's yeah. name, Dan Quinn asked him to go back on defense and then he became the defensive coordinator because he thought the offensive way would have been his path back to head coaching and he's still not back there. Nine what, years um, later. Where is he at now? Because uh, I'm now pretty sure I think he got there's interviewed potential by the Jaguars for him to go for him to, be to the-, um, the Chargers, I think. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's- no, 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 it's- no, 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 no. Sorry, sorry. He's going to the Rams to be their DC. Okay. Yeah, that's, I mean, there's nothing else you can add to it. That's just fucking shitty, man. And especially in situations like the, like I said, like with the Jaguar, I, I can't believe you cut. I, I'm just thinking about it. I'm like, God, there's so many other things I would add. <laughs> it, but like you said, you had to cut a bunch of it. But I appreciate you sharing that because that was, that was good. We're really ending this on a somber note between the Kobe thing and then this walk off, <laughs> man. Take us All to right. the press conference. Yeah. <laughs> And we'll bring you the press conference in its entirety. All right. So the press conference, you, we will plug everything we got to plug. Go ahead, Joe. Knock it out. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Dorville. You can find this show at Hearing Press. Uh, you can search for my hip hop album TV by headphone Joe. No, oh, no, E. Um, yeah. That's about it. All right. Check out uh, BrennanTComedy.com. I've got, uh, I'm also a comedian. I've got upcoming dates, uh, mainly around Florida and Georgia the next couple of weeks. Um, Brennan T Comedy on all social media. Just started a TikTok because I hate myself. So check <laughs> that out. Um, and uh, also my other podcast, Brennan Tassif is your ex drinking buddy, um, where I have different people on comedians, musicians. Joe's been on there. Uh, yes, I have. Actors, all sorts of different people um, from different walks of life. And we talk about crazy drinking stories, party stories, getting in trouble stories, things like that. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's it. Uh, El Greg, do you have anything you got to plug? 
Well, if you guys find yourself being a little long in the tooth and want to discuss things with people your age, say maybe Generation X, I have a new Twitch show, quote unquote show, on Saturday evenings right here on twitch.tv slash a new low pod where several Gen X people get together and discuss all kinds of wonderful things. So join us then. Thank you. Solid. Beautiful. Brennan, take us out. And that's why we play the game. Hello. Hello. You shout out Devin Singletary. I still love you, Motor. You have been listening to the Anulo Podcast Network. We have four tremendous podcasts on our current roster. If you like the hit Broadway musical Hamilton, then you also might enjoy hearing the Ham Boys rank every song from the Hamilton soundtrack on Who Does a Podcast with hosts Headphone Joe and Kyle Loader. Get your sports talk radio fix with Cheers from the Press Box featuring Headphone Joe Dorville and stand-up comedian Brennan Tassif. Curious about how the brain works? Get your neuroscience knowledge with some laughs at Misbehavior Journal Club. This fortnightly science-slash-comedy podcast is where two lady researchers bring you the latest studies on behavior. It stars Amiel Moreno and Leah, a.k.a. Leah, or vice versa, Krevit. Finally, we have a new low. The podcast has started it all. This show features Farzad, Headphone Joe, Kyle Loader, L. Greg, and Scott by Scott. They discuss anything and everything depending on their moods or their level of sobriety at the time. Thank you for supporting the Anulo Network, and feel free to share your favorite episodes with friends and family. Thanks again, and goodbye.